0: now i forgot there is another moment i laughed because ultron and the watcher have this huge fight and then ultron basically turns into fucking imhotep here and tries to eat the watcher
1: <laughs> he eats the entire universe
0: what are we doing
1: he ate the entire universe that was <laughs> like he bit into it like it was a
0: cracker and I mean, Arnold Vosloo could have only improved this episode. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with a glorious purpose of talking all things
0: Marvel. Madams Assemble. I have one word to describe this latest episode of What If.
1: Which is? That's an interesting word.
0: Yes, but I feel it is accurate.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super happy with this episode either. I got a bit bored.
0: Yeah, I was not a fan at all. And the feeling that has been building about this show for me since last week is really coming out now. What If started out so awesome, so strong with Captain Carter. And ever since that second episode, I feel like I have whiplash. I don't know how we're supposed to feel about this show anymore. Like, okay, it's a cartoon. It's not canon. That's totally fine. But are we supposed to believe that all of these scenarios could really happen that these are all plausible, I feel like the writers keep yanking us back and forth between realistic and ridiculous.
1: That's the tone of the comics as well. The, the comics are actually pretty dark when it comes to the What If series. And, you know, individual episodes, some being awesome, some not being so awesome, is kind of what you expect from an anthology series, which I know you don't really watch too many of them, so it's, it's understandable for you to be confused. Although I do think the last two episodes are going to be interconnected.
0: You mean these final, this one and the finale? Yes. Okay. Well, what I mean is... All right, so we started with Captain Carter. That could have been a real movie.
1: Because it was a real movie with the lead replaced.
0: Right. So so it was very realistic. Emotional stakes. It was great. But then we get T'Challa. And for me, that episode was very unrealistic and shallow in a lot of ways the serial killer episode was great and the plot was plausible just like dr strange and even the zombie episode it worked killmonger and tony also could have been a movie but then hardy thor though entertaining went totally off the rails and that whole plot was just nonsense and now this episode comes along And missed the mark entirely. And I don't even know what the mark was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, what you said about Captain Carter, the Doctor Strange episode, the mystery, they were all fantastic episodes. I think the main issue, and we did discuss this briefly, with T'Challa's episode, it just was too much being told to us and not shown to us. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously a constraint of the time that the showrunners had. And Party Thor, I think, was supposed to be the filler, the calm before the storm. So I kind of understand how they're coming to this point. That being said, this episode absolutely fell flat for me too.
0: Yeah, even when they released the promo, I was like, wait a second. How can we have an episode on what if Ultron won? Because if Ultron wins, that means humanity is God.
1: Yeah, so we did see humanity is gone, and he took it several steps further after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they didn't take it any further, then the episode would be two minutes long. What if Ultron 1? Nuclear explosions everywhere, yada, yada, yada. Over.
0: Let me get the credits. So obviously, you know. Yeah, and that's why I'm with Clint. This is pointless. <laughs> he said it himself. I don't
1: know. I mean, I'm assuming that there probably are pockets of people who were still alive. He said mostly everyone is dead. So there could be some pockets of people in rural areas. If you look at the map of where all the bombs hit, it didn't hit everything. You know, so there were certain pockets, like probably people in the middle of nowhere in the Saharan deserts or something like that, or some tribes that were left untouched. But absolutely, people would have the effect of radiation exposure, but people would still be alive.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, this is a nuclear holocaust. Like, how much time has passed? And, you know, we're, we're getting into this in a more serious way, because the episode itself has this serious tone that demands to be taken seriously. But there's a major disconnect Because this is a nuclear holocaust and you're telling me the only two Avengers who survive on the planet are the two who don't have any powers at all? They
1: were out in space. Makes sense. Ultron killed all the others. We saw that.
0: When were they out in space?
1: What did I miss? Clearly, you've missed something. Because at the beginning of the episode, when we see Clint and Natasha in a plane... They're saying that they need to disconnect the satellites so that vision is not able to, I keep saying vision, it's not vision, it's Ultron.
0: That's another problem.
1: So that Ultron cannot release the nukes. But before they reach the satellite, the explosions go off and we get a scene of them watching the world exploding.
0: Okay, definitely missed that. So that's how they explain it. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. But I do need to see some people in the world still alive somewhere, even if it's for two seconds. I need to know that Natasha Romanoff and Clint Barton haven't been left to repopulate the earth themselves.
1: (laughs) I was actually thinking about that and I was wondering, with the combination of, of one set of parents and radiation, I'm not sure about how healthy the future generations would be. And that is if this version of Natasha could even have children.
0: No. No. The whole planet's Mm -hmm. Chernobyl. Pretty much, yeah. And let's not forget they'd be starving to death. Like, this isn't happening. No.
1: I don't think they'd be starving to death because their sources of food are there. It's just, you know, radiated. They could eat it. I mean, they're, they're exposed to the ions. Already, so why not eat and drink? They're
0: gonna die in like 12 hours. Yeah, possibly. If that, their skin's gonna slough off. Again, depends on where they are
1: and where it hit.
0: Okay, let's move on then to the man of the hour here because we could debate that one for a while.
1: True, but the reason why I'm feeling like it is possible and it is realistic is because in Battlestar Galactica, the first episode, the miniseries, the first episode starts off with a nuclear holocaust and uh, all the planets are completely destroyed and one soldier is alive and stuck on caprica which is the equivalent of earth and he survives he manages to find rations and things like that but in that show they have something called anti-radiation medicine
0: so he needs to inject himself see that's what you need that's not a thing But that's okay. If it's a thing in that world, that's fine.
1: Yeah. So there is a certain amount of plausible reality to it because people in Chernobyl did survive. And after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, people did survive.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Chernobyl, that's that's one limited series. uh, I'm never watching again. That's a one and done (laughs) Oh, it was fantastic! Absolutely oh, oh, fantastic! Yes. Absolutely, but um, once is enough. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, especially not in a time like this.
0: Yeah. Now let's talk about the man of the hour for a little while here—the android of the hour, whatever we want to call him, Ultravision, <laughs> Ultron Vision—and this is the problem here. Okay, when a character is defined entirely by his voice, you cannot replace that voice especially if you're gonna make him look like a different character with a different voice
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know why they didn't get james spader back
0: it's james fucking spader you get him back or you don't do the episode that's the way it goes and it's
1: not like he's doing high cinema at the blacklist that he couldn't miss it
0: No, he can just put his stupid hat down for a week and come and record this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the guy who did the voice for Ultron, he didn't do a good job.
0: No, everybody was kind of phoning in this episode. Jeremy Renner sounded as tired as Hawkeye looked.
1: Which makes sense because that's his character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Ultron is voiced by Ross Marquand, who also voiced red skull in endgame and he did a great job with that yeah and he
1: also did the voice of red skull in the first episode cap for captain carter
0: yeah but he could not pull off ultron ultron is james spader that's the whole character
1: yeah absolutely i don't understand how it could have gone so wrong especially since this guy clearly is very talented yeah I don't know, maybe maybe they tried to add some kind of some kind of synthetic effect to the voice, and it ended up just sounding extremely flat. And I know that Ultron is an android, and he's supposed to be emotionless because he's a program. But James Bader did bring so much emotion to the character that it made him compelling.
0: Yeah, and you're also making him look like a different character we already know, which is creating even more of a disconnect when we see Vision and don't hear Paul Bettany's voice come out of him.
1: Yeah, but we also have the Ultron gear on top of him, so it's a little less confusing there. That's not the problem. The problem was the delivery of the lines. It was too flat.
0: Yeah, it's both for me, because there are times when we see him without that head armor, and it's, head armor, Krista? Helmet. And... (laughs) We see vision.
1: (laughs) Yes, we do, but with red eyes. So it's clearly an indication he's a different version.
0: Not enough. Just too many things wrong. And the other big issue here is that this episode required one of two things for it to be in any way entertaining. One, we either had to care about the watcher who is a character we have no connection with whatsoever because he's literally just watching.
1: Well, he's been speaking to us for the last seven
0: episodes. A little bit, but just telling us what we already saw or what we're about to see. He doesn't matter. (laughs) Or or, (laughs) this episode required us to hate Ultron, which we can't do because it's not the Ultron we know. And because in Age of Ultron, which is a movie I'm not crazy about, but the whole point there is that Ultron has a point and it's Tony's fault. And we see Tony real quick in this, but there's just not enough context within the episode itself for us to connect to Ultron in any way.
1: Which is understandable. It's a 28 minute episode. We have to bring the connection from the movie. If you take that into consideration, then all the other episodes connecting to the other movies is terrible because we have those connections with all those other characters.
0: I agree with you completely, but they screwed up the character so badly that they lost that connection.
1: Yes, I agree. Had they brought in James Spader, it would have been an absolutely fantastic episode.
0: Yeah, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: as for connecting to the Watcher, I mean, he has been there for seven episodes. We know we need to root for him. We know what's happening. We know what's going to happen. There had to be some kind of catalyst to make him break his oath and bring all the uh, multiversal Avengers together.
0: They haven't done enough to get me to care about this guy. Guy, baby, gnome. I don't even know what to call him because he's fairly ridiculous looking it's not about
1: him. It's about saving all the universes. We're not supposed to root for him. We're supposed to root for him to finally take action. And that, I think, is the crux of why we're feeling frustrated, because he's always said, he's the Watcher, he doesn't interfere. And in this episode, when he was being attacked, he was still being only defensive. There were, I think, maybe one or two times when he was on the offensive with Ultron, while Ultron was pummeling him
0: yeah so I guess what I'm saying is that if you want me to feel something about the washer and want him to save the multiverses give me some turmoil that he's feeling in these previous episodes instead of this total disconnection that he has from it show me that he's a being with feelings who cares and is in some kind of emotional crisis that he can't intervene make him a little bit more of a character instead of just a narrator if that's what you want in the end
1: but this is what we got in this episode we got the turmoil we got the conflict
0: i guess it's too abrupt for me
1: they don't have the luxury of time to do that and we can see if you look at the episodes if you go back and re-watch from the first episode you can see him gradually as the watcher coming forward we we see him more visibly as the episode's progress first he was just a shadowy figure with bright eyes and then we see a little bit more of him he's a little more defined and then we see him finally in the last episode and of course in this episode a lot more but in the in the last episode he's actually speaking to us he's speaking face to face and moving we get a very clear view of him. So the progression has been there. It's just that in this episode, we don't connect with him. We don't feel that because we're more frustrated with him. We want him to get on with it.
0: Yeah, and the little bits of comedy that they try to inject do not work. Do not fit. Like, oh, Glint's real name is Francis. So hilarious. I I didn't think that was funny. They meant it to be i guess it was clearly played for a joke that went Pfft. the fact that you felt that way about it is is proof of what i'm saying
1: i guess i mean i didn't find anything funny in this episode
0: no i did laugh once though when? Uh, after the episode ended and the credits began and they put also starring benedict cumberbatch i did laugh because that showed me just how disconnected matthew Chauncey, the writer was from the reality of this episode Dude, you thought that was going to be some big reveal for us? (laughs) Really? Don't care. Well, he hoped it
1: would be. I think the reason why we didn't feel that was because we had that teaser trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago where we already saw him come back. So we knew he was going to come back. And that's where things got ruined.
0: Yeah, maybe. So I also wish they would have started off the episode with the backstory, with the how we got here, instead of doing like this several-minute cold open and then jumping back to it. We see uh uh Clint Potter here with his invisibility cloak. But like, okay, <laughs> that's a thing.
1: I like that action sequence. I think Natasha was fantastic this entire episode.
0: And in, in this universe, it's clint who has the metal arm yeah and that kind of just comes to nothing they just gave him the metal arm for the hell of it for no reason like all right
1: well he probably must have hurt himself in one of the previous fights with the ultron minions it's not supposed to be a big thing
0: i guess and we have natasha and clint heading to siberia rather than uh, camp lehigh and Natasha's plan is to break into these old KGB files for some way to stop Ultron.
1: Yeah, and here I was getting a bit irritated because if you're going to start looking through files, you go in order, you just don't go randomly.
0: Yeah, have a system. Yeah,
1: that's just my pet
0: peeve. No, I get it. I get it. Especially when things seem to be a little time sensitive, you know, when there's a madman mm-hmm. destroying universes that... For some reason, you're still trying to stop. I don't know why. Earth's gone. It's time to throw in the fucking towel. Which I'm on Team Clint on that one.
1: First off, they don't know that he's destroying universes. They just want to stop him so that they can rebuild.
0: I also felt like, and they have done this in other episodes where we're packing a lot into 30 minutes. Yes, time constraints, but I felt like this episode took that to a whole new level. They were packing way too much into this one episode
1: yeah i think there's a reason for that so originally when this show came out we were told that they're going to be 11 episodes and now it's been cut down to nine due to production delays and all of that with covid and all of that which is fair you know but i think in order to make it a cohesive story they've had to cut out a lot and I have a feeling they've cut off one entire episode where we were probably introduced to one more alternate version of some hero. And this episode was originally supposed to probably be a three-part arc, culminating into the final episode that we'll see with the defeat of
0: Ultron. It makes me wonder who got the axe.
1: Most likely someone who had the least amount of screen time in the final episode Because it's safe to say that in the final episode, all of them are going to come together from all the various episodes we've seen to fight Ultron. So if someone with the least amount of screen time would be easier to cut off in the episode itself. That's why this episode is feeling so disconnected because they've cut off pieces from maybe three episodes and combined it into two episodes.
0: Yeah, like they want us to care about Ultron... Destroying all these universes, but it's happening too fast. You don't even take a breath. It's like Xandar, the sovereign, and he's just bam, bam, bam. It's too quick.
1: That was the case for so many of all these episodes. There's a lot packed in.
0: Yes, but they just don't pull it off in this one. And plus, on top of the disconnection with Ultron, it just doesn't work.
1: Okay, I get that. And I also feel like his dialogue isn't matching up to what's happening.
0: Yeah. I was, it, I found it very jarring when the watcher says, what the hell is this? What? No, that's <laughs> not how you talk.
1: I was speaking more about Ultron because he says, okay, it's done. Finally, you know, and then now he can rest and he realizes that he's a android without a purpose and all of that. And then, and that finally was like, okay, it's been a long process for him. And Which, okay, we do see several of the planets being destroyed. But later on in the episode, when he says, I finally found you to the Watcher, to us, it's hardly been a couple of minutes because during the time where he realizes that the Watcher is there to the time he finds him, we have one scene in between, and that is with Natasha and Clint in the warehouse. Yeah. So it's a really short period. Now I understand time works differently in the multiverse and all of that, but that makes me feel like there probably were different scenes in between Mm
0: -hmm. that had to be cut out. Yeah, they accomplished that passage of time much better in the Doctor Strange episode.
1: Yeah, because we kept getting different scenes in between Mm -hmm. to show us. Yeah. In this case, we didn't.
0: Okay, now you've got to give me this. You cannot tell me that you didn't roll your eyes when on the heels of a nuclear apocalypse, Natasha Romanoff's phone still works.
1: <laughs> I didn't think of that. Come on. I genuinely didn't think of- but it makes sense for her phone to work. Why? Hive mind, Wi-Fi, connection. That's how Ultron is connecting. It makes sense.
0: How? The planet is destroyed. How is Wi-Fi still working?
1: The minion, not Wi-Fi, cellular data.
0: Then how is that the working? The
1: antennas, work- antennas are working. The minions must have re-fixed it. Not
0: re refi- Must have fixed it. <laughs> if you're using words like refix, <laughs> I doubt this. I doubt this. I just can't buy it.
1: It makes sense because they are connected via a hive mind. There has to be some kind of wireless connection, right? If they're connecting every 90 seconds. Technologically, it makes sense. They're connecting to cellular data.
0: That just doesn't work for me. My Wi-Fi goes out every once in a while for no reason whatsoever. I'm pretty sure nuclear, a nuclear holocaust would take it out. So the
1: minions are there to take care of it, right? If a certain area goes dark, they'll take care of it. They'll fix it. If Tesla was able to invent electricity through the air, pretty sure in this world with this kind of technology that they have, they can have cellular data that doesn't go off for no reason.
0: Okay, you win. Fine. So they managed to upload Dr. Zola. At least they were smart enough to get Toby Jones back.
1: Yes. I don't think they would have been able to do Zola without him. That would have been a disaster. You
0: can't. You can't get another voice as creepy as that face. You just can't. (laughs) So yeah, they upload Zola into this bot. And all I've got here is fight stuff happens. Yeah. Now I have a question here. And Clint's melodramatic death scene, for which I felt nothing, what does he actually accomplish? Besides giving us that amazing wide shot of him falling, that is a really oh, cool yeah. shot.
1: Yeah, that was fantastic. That was like a painting. You could frame was. that. That was beautiful.
0: Yeah. What does he accomplish with that bit of archery acrobatics?
1: I think it's pretty well established that he's super depressed. This was basically suicide by robots
0: right no i'm not asking that as a criticism i'm asking genuinely what comes of that does he accomplish anything at all in regard to this little army
1: yeah he he blew them all up and gave natasha a chance to get out
0: okay i was a little confused about that did you watch
1: the episode
0: i did it was not easy
1: (laughs) yeah and it was kind of a callback to endgame where you know they both were trying to fall off and die. Kind of. It was a callback to end game. Yes, of course. You know that escape bit where they were jumping from railing to railing to go up? I can't remember which game, but it reminded me of a game that I played where you had to get out in a similar fashion. You had to jump from one railing to another to another to reach the top.
0: Listeners, please let us know on Twitter at Marvel Madams what game this is because she will not let this go and I yeah. will suffer for it that she can't remember.
1: Yeah, all I know is that 100% it was a single player game because I don't play multiplayer. So if that narrows it down, which it doesn't really, but you know, please help me.
0: <laughs> now, Natasha escapes here And we see her pose with the red guardian shield that she had found earlier. And this was aggravating because I was like, I'd rather watch that episode. What if Natasha Romanoff was the red guardian?
1: That would have been cool. And even that pose with the shield was cool. Yeah. And when she was on the motorbike earlier on, she was pretty cool in this episode. I think she was the badass of this episode.
0: Yeah. And Lake Bell did a great job as she's done before. Yes. Now, I forgot, there is another moment I laughed because Ultron and the Watcher have this huge fight and then Ultron basically turns into fucking Imhotep here who tries to eat the Watcher. (laughs) He eats the entire
1: universe.
0: What are we doing?
1: He ate the entire universe. That was (laughs) like he bit into it like it was a
0: cracker. And I mean, Arnold Vosloo could have only improved this episode. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> I also was unable to take the Watcher seriously in his armor.
1: Yeah, I think him in the robes is a better idea than in the armor. The armor, he looks like a baby with a giant head.
0: <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's the entertainment for a child's birthday party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that would be scary for for children.
0: No, but he's their size, so it's okay. He'll be fine. I don't know. If anything's going to scare the kids, it's his glowing orb eyes. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of his armor. I think he looks better in the robes.
0: So we also see something interesting here when they kind of like fall into this new universe that Ultron hasn't destroyed yet. There's a billboard playing and we see Steve taking an oath
1: Yeah, I was a bit confused there.
0: Yeah, so on my second watch, it looked like he was standing in front of the Capitol. He wasn't inside a building, so he wasn't like on the witness stand. Yeah, was Giving testimony. Yeah, which leads me to believe he was being sworn in for some kind of political office. Yeah. I can't imagine any universe in which Steve Rogers became a politician.
1: I would hazard a guess that he was being sworn in as president
0: no, that just makes me sad. (laughs) I would vote for Steve Rogers. Shit. I'd vote for Chris Evans for fucking president.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was a bit confused about that, but Hey, it's a different universe. Hopefully that's a seed that people will catch on and do something about it on social media. So that we get an episode for that.
0: Yeah. I guess it's just my cynical mind thinking that Steve Rogers would never get elected because he wouldn't be allowed to live. He's so pure of heart and he would want to do genuine good. He'd get assassinated.
1: But if he's a super soldier, the fact that he's alive in modern times goes to show that he is a super soldier and whatever his journey was to reach that day means he probably isn't that easy to kill.
0: Yeah, put enough bullets at a guy. Serum's not going to matter, you know.
1: I suppose. So the Watcher runs and he heads straight to Supreme Strange, which we saw in one of the earlier episodes that he basically destroyed his entire universe and was stuck in this little bubble, which makes sense because Ultron wouldn't want to destroy something where there is
0: nothing. You know, there was a part of me that really wished Benedict Coverbatch would have crossed the streams on this one, looked at the Watcher and gone, What exactly is the point of view? Yeah, that would have been funny. And I think that would have actually given the watcher a little bit of an opportunity, a couple lines even, to say something like, I should have intervened long before or I mishandled this, something like that, you know, something to make us connect with him just a little bit. That would have helped make him humanize him.
1: I don't know. I mean, he isn't human. And even now, when he knows he's intervening, he's not happy about it. I'm just thinking better late than never.
0: Yeah, so next week we're going to see a team-up between The Watcher, Supreme Strange, and who knows what else.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an action-heavy episode for sure.
0: Yeah, and I really hope they make up for this episode in terms of the voice acting. Let's see. Yeah, they need to uh, bring the A-game with the real cast as much as possible next week.
1: I think next week is going to be more of an action extravaganza than anything else, which will be fun i'm looking forward to it
0: all right so that wraps up episode eight eight how did we get here the last two months where did they go (laughs) you're saying that we're already in october i know i know flying and crawling at the same time Uh uh-huh i'm getting old and just like the multiverse our world keeps on spinning but thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madame Amy.
1: Join us next week for the finale of What If?
0: In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts about Ultravision or whatever the hell you're calling him, find us on Twitter and Instagram at MarvelMadams.
1: And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend.
0: Okay, these were the wrong search terms. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but, okay, that doesn't exist. <laughs> All right. I don't know what you got, but I don't want to know. I googled Nathan, Shelley and Teddy Bear. Just don't even ask. No, 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 uh-uh.